return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're glad you're joining us today. Facebook Live, uh, those of you in our congregation, uh, we want you to be safe, and we know that there's some rising cases of uh, some things happening around our state and so forth, and some people are quarantined, so we just thought today is a good day of safety and blessing. We want you to be well, strong, blessed in your spirit, man, amen, and we hope next Sunday we're going to be back live here in person, all right? That's the plan, and that uh, I just believe God will work all that out for us, so... Praise the Lord. So glad that you're joining us on Facebook today and uh, people that are joining us around the world as well from other countries, continents, from Asia, India, and Europe, and Africa, and the United States. We just bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is so good. You know, today we were going to pray for Matt Leiferman. Matt, well, this was his last Sunday before he heads off to the Marines, uh, heading to Quantico, Virginia. Matt is an officer in the Marines, a graduate of South Dakota State University in electrical engineering. We believe the anointing of God is on his life, and uh, he's going now to Quantico and so forth. He's uh, doing some officer training and so forth. Also, he's especially in aviation. He's excelled already in many tests. But uh, just join with me for a second. Father, we thank you for your blessing on Matt Leiferman. And Father, that he, as he goes to Quantico, that you would bless him anoint him, keep him safe, Lord God. And Father, we thank you for promotion. We thank you for good success. And we thank you for your covering on Matt's life. And Father, that he would be a leader even to many, many other people, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Matt. And we thank you, Lord, that he loves you. And we thank you for blessing him today. And this week later, as he drives out to Virginia, thank you for blessing Matt. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Matt. We love you. And we love all of you that are joining us. Uh, we just appreciate you. Jeannie and I, Pastor Jeannie and I, pray for you. We believe for God's blessings on your life. Uh, we believe for him to just manifest himself in a way that would bring his supernatural peace and protection to you in, in your everyday life. Hallelujah. This last week was a great week. Uh, we had a pastor's conference here at the church. And, uh, you know, we didn't know how many were going to show up, but we had 50 ministers register from uh, the states surrounding us here. And uh, the presence of the Lord was so wonderful. God just came in a wonderful way to show up in the services. We had a number of people that ministered and stuff, but it all was so good. Last Sunday, of course, we had special speakers as well. Everything tied together. You know, that's just how the Holy Spirit does things. He ties things together. He works it for his glory and honor. And uh, I love how that is. We had 25 different ministries represented uh, in that conference. A lot of you served. A lot of you helped. And uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being part of the team at the Tabernacle. 
And together, together we accomplish great things. Together we see the kingdom enlarged and expanded in some powerful ways. So, so certainly happy about all of those things. Just want to say too, Michelle actually brought these cookies and uh, everything was individually wrapped, but on the back of them were scriptures and stuff. I thought, oh, this is great, you know. So uh, just the blessing of the Lord speaking over people's lives uh, as they got a cookie or a treat or something. So it just, it just worked out very, very well. And God bless you for people that give and support us online. God bless you for your support. Of course, this week even, that's a, that's a blessing for through our website, uh, holylifetabernacle.com. You can always give that way. And, of course, electronically, even at the church, too, here. So, uh, but God bless you for that and for your support standing with us. We continue to do a lot of things around the world for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So glad you're joining us. Hallelujah. It's a great day. It's a great, a great fall day, great last Sunday in September. Uh, it's just a great day to be alive. I'm thankful for seasons. We like seasons, four seasons. You got to like seasons. You live in South Dakota. The leaves are changing colors, you know. There's a Christmas in the air. Uh, apples are so good falling from the trees and stuff. So it's a great, it's a great time just to be alive. Uh, just want to speak for a second protection on you in the name of Jesus. All of you to be safe. All of you to be protected in Jesus' name. So today I want to talk about faith and hope. So it's going to take a few minutes of your time and appreciate just your attention and so forth as we just talk about some scriptures. But you know, the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear. You know, fear is never from the Lord. So anytime you feel fear come against you, you know, like that, that's never, never from God. Uh, worry is never from God. It doesn't ever pay to worry about things. In fact, 99% of the things, the things that we worry about never come to pass anyway. So it never does any good to worry. But God doesn't give us fear, you know, and the good thing about knowing the goodness of God and knowing the character of God is he gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Now, a sound mind causes us just to think right. Tell, you, tell someone in your family there, it says, think right. You want to think right in your life. You want, to, you want to think godly thoughts and principles because he's never causing us to be scatterbrained, you know, and pressured and so forth. No, he gives us his peace. And he causes us to think good thoughts, common sense. <laughs> you know, God gave us uh, a mind to think this way, and he gave us love, and he gave us power. Of course, he gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. We know that. But fear attacks everybody. And so you have to deal with it, all right? If fear, if fear always will try to look for an opportunity in our lives. You might think everything's just going great, but all of a sudden, the enemy might look for a crack or something to insert fear. And, and God doesn't want us to live in fear. Fear brings torment, you know, as the Bible mentioned in 1 John. Brings torment, and torment is never good. You know, that's causing us to be frazzled and so forth. Fear is one of those acronyms that says false evidence appearing real. So sometimes we can look at something and we think, well, that's how it is. You know, those, those are the circumstances. And I understand circumstances. However, I also understand that the Bible trumps our circumstances. So my circumstances may say one thing, but the Bible is going to tell me something else. We have five senses. Now, those are, that's really a gift from God. You know, smelling, tasting, touch, seeing, and hearing, and so forth. It's just really a gift of God. However, however, those five senses can betray us too. So what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, 
may or may not line up with the Word of God. And so I have to, I have to filter, filter what's going on in my life. I filter it through the Word of God and realize I'm going to push out fear, going to push out worry, and I'm going to focus on the promises and not the problem. So anytime I look at the problem, it looks huge. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in other words, you know the devil's good at this. He can take something small, put it in front of your eyes, and that's all you see. It just looks like a huge object. You don't see anything else. But when you start praising God and so forth, he lifts you in the heavenlies, and all of a sudden, then you see it in perspective that it's much smaller than it really is. So you don't want to focus on the natural. You want to focus on the supernatural. Amen? So God is with us to help us to overcome things in our daily lives. So the Word of God has to reach down into, where am I living today? What's going on in my life today? Now, all of us work various places. We have our own families. We do different things and so forth. But the Word has to fit into your personal life. And so it becomes applicable in how you're living life today. And therefore, then our lives can be filled with joy and peace and all that because our focus is on Jesus. Amen. So so rather you're fitting it in, you know, we, your circumstances come against everybody. But here comes a fear and you stop it at the door and you say, nope, I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to I'm going to focus on the promises of God. When I apply faith, faith brings peace. All right. So when I apply faith to the promises, the peace of God begins to manifest in my life. Another thing I I write down all the time is praise is faith at work. So when we start praising God, what do we start doing? We're starting to live in the answer rather than the problem. So we're starting to praise God that he's bigger than what I face and he's already, he's already got the answer. He's already working on my, my behalf. And so I'm praising him and exalting him because he's so good. Hallelujah. So turn in your Bibles here this morning. Just we're going to take a few scriptures, but John 14, verse 27. Here's a verse. Jesus says, my peace I'm going to give unto you. So I'm going to give it to you. It's, you don't have to work for it. He he says you need to receive it. Amen. So Jesus, here's the peace of God, the peace of God Almighty. Jesus says, I'm going to give you that peace. Now, he says it's not like the world gives because the world peace, people in the world can say, well, I I have peace. Sure, I, I have peace. But that's always based on external circumstances or external factors Whereas the peace of God is always based on internal factors. The internal factor is that Christ lives in me, the Prince of Peace, and I have this relationship with him, and that no matter what's going on around me, I can still have peace. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you this peace, not as the world gives. And then he says this statement, let not your heart be troubled. So that means I have a responsibility here. To not allow my heart, my eyes to be focused on the other things and all that, to my heart to be troubled by all that stuff. So my responsibility is just to say, okay, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to receive that internal peace. Now, around me might be a storm. Around me might be all kinds of other things going on. And I've lived that in my life. We face storms of sickness, storms of lack, uh, storms of difficulties. And yet Jesus gives us peace in the middle of that storm. 
And so our boat, uh, we're not going down, we're coming up. He's always bringing us up. And so he causes us to rise up in victory because I'm not focused on the external, but I'm focused on the internal, on this relationship with my prince, with my Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So John 16 then says this, John 16, verse 33. Look at this in your Bible, just a couple pages over. But Jesus said, now I spoke unto you that, that I'm leaving and different things are happening. But he said, in me, you can have peace. So the peace again is, is in Christ. It is something internal that then manifests external because you're on your job and maybe other people are worried and so forth. But you, you have the peace of God. People might come and say, well, why aren't you worried? And the Bible says that we can give an answer of the hope that lies within us because people are asking us, why do you have hope? Why do you have peace? Why, why are you still happy when the rest of the world doesn't look so happy? <clears throat> and folks, depending on where you're at in the world today, things don't always look happy. But Jesus Christ gives us joy in this supernatural peace that we can stand in the midst of any adversity. So he says this, that in the world, you will have tribulation. Or let's just say, in the world, you will have trouble. <laughs> well, that's just how it is, all right? That's just because we live in a fallen world. So in this fallen world, there is trouble. But in Jesus Christ, there is peace. And Jesus said, you can be happy or good cheer because I've already overcome that. I've already been to your tomorrow. I've overcome, I can overcome your circumstances if you put your trust in me. So I just think, all right, Lord, I'm going to stand in you. I'm going to focus on you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Lord God. And what happens? This peace comes over us. And we feel so just like, wow, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not, I'm not fretting at all. I have this peace of God that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. It's a good scripture verse. Look at this verse. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. Proverbs follows Psalms, all right? So it says, whoever listens to me. So we want to listen to Jesus, amen? You want to, when I read the word of God, it's like I hear the voice of God. Now, especially focus in the New Testament. But when you listen to the word of God, Jesus said, or the Bible says, when you listen to me, you will dwell in safety. So when we listen, we dwell in safety, and it says you will be secure and without fear of evil. So it's all a question of what I want to listen to. If I want to listen to the world, you've got a choice, all right? You can let your heart be troubled, but Jesus said don't let it be troubled, all right? So I'm going to choose to not let my heart be troubled. I'm going to listen to Jesus, and I'm going to live in safety, and I'm going to be free from the fear of evil. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to a story a second. Romans chapter 4. So here's Abraham. Abraham is older in life now. He got a promise from God when he was 75 years old that he'd be the father of many nations. And, of course, Abraham is our father of faith and, and uh, the father for Israel and so forth. And yet, here he was, the father of many nations. He had no child yet even at that point. It's age 75. And you know the story of Abraham's life. It went a long time until he's age 99. But it says, Romans 4, verse 17, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not, that, that do not exist as though they did. God gives life to the dead. We just heard messages on this also in the church, in the tabernacle. 
and so forth. Uh, Ezekiel, you know, the dry bones living. Devil's talking about dry bones living, coming to life. God gives life to the dead. God gives life to the things in your life that might seem to be dead, that might seem to be hopeless, might seem to be that there's no answer. And yet, and yet Abraham hung on to the promises of God. And how God looks at things is this way. Even though it may look dead, God is saying, I'm going to call it to life. So those things that be not, as though they didn't exist, I'm going to call them to life. I'm going to call them to fruitfulness. I'm going to call them to come up in your life and that something good's going to happen. So this is how God looks at it. So if God's looking that way, I want to partner with him. All right. I'm going to partner with what God is saying. I'm going to partner with the word of God and say, okay, Lord, my eyes say one thing. My ears say another thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to stand on the promises. I'm going to stand on this word that you've given me. And that's what Abraham did. So Abraham, after, after 24 years and so forth, he continued to believe. The angel came and spoke to him and Sarah again and said, according to the time of life, I'm going to return. You're going to have a child. In verse 18, it says, contrary to hope, he believed in hope. In hope, he believed. In hope, he believed. Now, sometimes you just have to muster it up and say, I don't know, Lord, but I hope. Well, that's a good start, okay? That's a good start. Because contrary to what Abraham saw, contrary to what it looked like, he thought, I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe the promises. And he became the father of many nations, as so shall your descendants be. So contrary to that, he stepped out in hope. Now, I think hope has got to be the first thing that happens. We talk about faith, but hope's got to start first. Because you just have to hope that it's possible. You've got to hope that God can do it. You've got to hope for a miracle today. So against hope, against everything that he saw, he thought, okay, I'm going to believe the word of the Lord. I'm going to believe the promises. Verse 19, it says, being not weak in faith. So as he grows in this place of hope, he didn't look at his own body. He didn't look at Sarah's body. That's granted, they're, they're older people now. I'm not a kid myself. I'm getting up there in age. But they're way past me in age. And so here's Abraham and Sarah. Never had a child. Never had one child. And yet at this point in their life, it said not weak in faith because they didn't look at the circumstances. They didn't look at the natural. Remember, remember, the peace is not as the peace as the world gives. It's not based on external factors. It's based on internal factors. It's based on the promises of God. So he was not weak in faith because he didn't look at those natural things, but he focused his eyes on the spiritual promises. Now, see, if I, an athlete is trained to focus on what they're supposed to do. A basketball player, if he's shooting a free throw, and there may be thousands of people cheering against him. And yet he's focused on that rim as he shoots his shot. Or the quarterback, as he throws back and he locks in in a receiver, he's focused on the receiver. He's not looking at all the other people around him, or he never throw the pass. So he's focused on, his, on, his, on what his opportunity is. In Jesus Christ, where our eyes are focused on him, and the Bible says in the Corinthians, all his promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. So when I have that, then I've got hope, and hope turns into faith, and faith turns into actions. And they had a relationship, and they had a baby, and they had a promise, and God followed through with all that he said. Now, it says in verse 20, he did not waver. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Well, many times I've wavered. I've looked at a promise 
some days I felt good about it. Other days, I thought, oh boy, I don't think anything's happening. But you have to come to a place again. The lies are going to come against us to try to hold us back. Everybody faces border bullies that says you can't go any farther. You can't do this. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. Border bullies that say that it's not possible. But God always says it is possible. And so he wavered not at the promise through unbelief. But listen to this next part. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. I think we're strengthened when we start praising the Lord. And so many times I'm just closing my eyes and I'm just praising God and say, thank you for the answers, Lord. Thank you for the promise. And I'll repeat a promise. I'll repeat a promise about healing or about provision or whatever it might be. I'll repeat a promise. But I'm focusing on that. I'm not going to pick up the bad reports and look at all the bad reports and focus on them and read them and read them and read them. No, I'm going to focus on the promises, on the promises that he's given to me. And when I do that, it says that we become strong in faith. We, we get stronger and stronger and stronger. Our faith is strengthened. And then we actually get to the next verse in verse 21, where it says, Abraham, he was fully convinced. Wow. Fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. He was fully convinced that, that God was doing the work. And he came to a place where he started living in the promises. Just living in the answer rather than the problem. Now, folks, we're always surrounded by problems. Some people say, well, you've always got problems. That's true. I understand that. But I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm not going to focus on what's not happening. I'm going to focus on the answer and what God is doing right now. Hallelujah. So when we do that, I become fully convinced. And then we start walking. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You have an overcomer living on the inside of you. So you can go to the work, go to your job acting like I'm an overcomer. You can be with your family like, hey, we're overcomers. You can live your life in this joy and peace because of the one who lives in you. And you know that you have promises that are given to you that are great, precious, and powerful. So Abraham did this. Abraham, against all odds. <laughs> you know, I like the things in the Bible that, you know, that, that against all the circumstances. They weren't just, these aren't just simple testimonies. These are like, wow, look what God did. The miraculous. That's what he's doing today. The same thing. He's doing the miraculous Today, can you say, say to someone that your family or say today, God is doing the miraculous. Let me give you one more scripture verse. Same book in the book of Romans, but it goes to Romans chapter 15. Now, it says that we serve a God of hope. I just believe that anybody who's a Christian ought to be an optimist. Pastor Kevin talked, talked last Sunday about being optimistic. But I, I think anybody who's a Christian ought to be an optimist. Why would you not be an optimist? We serve a God of hope. We don't serve a God of judgment. We don't serve a God of anger. We don't serve a God of disappointment. We serve a God of hope. <laughs> it's so good. And he says, may the God of hope fill you. Say, say turn your someone and say, get filled. He wants to fill you with joy and peace. Fill us. Think about that. Joy. It's internal now. There's, it's an internal thing. And this peace... But now here's the thing. It says in believing. So you have to believe. So you have to apply your faith and say, okay, thank you, Lord. This is your word. You're a God of peace. 
And so I believe it today, Lord, for your God of hope. I believe it today for this joy and peace to be manifested in my life. You exercise faith. You start, you start confessing that in your life. And then it says that you may abound in hope. You can abound. You can, you can have an abundance of hope because of who Jesus Christ is. You know, we live, we, this is the fall season. We have, we're in an election year. You could turn on news at any time of the day and you're going to find something pessimistic, negative, something that will not, not be probably good to listen to and so forth. And everything could look, look awful. You could think, man, the world, the world is already going to hell. But the truth is, folks, Jesus is bigger than that. And he causes us to abound in hope. So no matter what I face, and let me just say, first of all, Americans, you focus on America. I understand that. But people all over the world have extreme difficulties, face things actually much, much worse than we do here in America. So, again, you have to kind of keep perspectives when you think everything is so bad. Actually, folks, there's so much good. <laughs> and this is even our own church. Look at our own church, how wonderful it is and how multicultural it is and how diverse it is and so forth. Mm, it's a taste of heaven, <laughs> of what heaven is like. And that's all because of Jesus Christ. So he causes us to abound, to just abound in hope. And sometimes people say, well, I just don't know if I can do that. But it says you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13. You can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit knows, Dave, you're weak. You need my help. And I realize, yes, I need your help. So if I lean on the Holy Spirit, he will help me. He will encourage me. He will enable me to stand. And I can live in this joy and peace. I can have hope in my heart. I can abound with hope. I can be overflowing with hope because of who Jesus is. And I fix my eyes on him. So today, I want to encourage you. It's a good day. It is a great day to celebrate. It's a great day to celebrate how good God is. It's a great day to be happy. It's a great day to love your kids, give them a big hug. It's a great day to get out. You know, it's a nice day to go for a walk. Go for a walk, enjoy the seasons. I saw geese this morning, just, just hundreds of geese in the field and so forth to enjoy nature. It's a great day to celebrate Jesus. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Have Jesus Christ as the anchor of hope in your heart. When you do that, you're going to see this peace manifested on the inside. He'll give you his peace. Not as the world gives, but the peace of God that passes all understanding. So, Father, I thank you for this today, for blessing every person watching right now, touching their heart, personally touching their heart, Father, from all over the world, Lord, ministering to their heart in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, you are a God of miracles, and you're doing miracles today, and that you hear their prayers, and you're fully aware of all their circumstances. So I thank you, Jesus, for anointing them with joy and peace and hope. And I thank you for blessing them with your great love. So, Father, we give you praise for this day, for the great things that you are doing by your Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.